All right, Joe, let's talk again about fighting sin and training guys uh, in their battle against sin. We are nearing the end of our uh, podcast season here on the rules of war. And I kind of want to present you with a situation that I find myself running into often when I'm talking to guys about fighting sin and in this battle against sin. And it's really a question I get often that maybe you can identify with that you've heard as well. As guys start to recognize sin in their life, and then they start to fight back and maybe even use some of the rules of war that we've talked about, like having a zero tolerance attitude, being all in, playing good offense, all all these things we've talked about. Uh, And maybe they start to do it for a few weeks and they're fighting and they're fighting. And they say, you know what? I feel like I'm fighting against sin, but I don't feel like I'm making any progress here. I don't, I don't know that anything's actually happening. And their question is, am I doing this right? Am I really doing this? It feels like I'm not doing something right. So can you identify with that? Have you heard that before from guys as well? Fighting, fighting, fighting. Yeah. This sense, am I doing this right? Yeah, I think, I think this is the common experiences. Uh, and I think this is why we often feel despair with uh, this fight, because it just it seems pointless in the sense that if we look at our lives, it's like, oh, I've been a Christian for eight years and uh, I really don't feel like I've advanced at all, you know, against some of these things I've struggled with. And so I think guys end up feeling like somehow the, the game is rigged, like mm. God's put us in this impossible position. And uh, we know we can't absolutely give up, but we sort of settle for this position of, well, I'm not going to make progress. I'm just going to try to bunker down and kind of keep the status quo. And that, that's, that's, that's what we hope for, you know, as Christian men. Yeah, no, it is one of those things. As soon as you maybe recognize sin and say, I want to double down and fight, it seems to be not long until you're like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I, I, I just want to give up. I don't feel like I'm actually making any progress at all. So what can guys, what do guys do then? What's your advice to guys when you're faced with that question? Am I doing this right? Because I feel like I just want to give up. This isn't working. Yeah. And I think here we, you know, we can go ahead and introduce the, the, the rule for this uh, episode. And, you know, really this rule is that if you're going to fight sin, you need absolute trust. Yes. And uh, when I say trust, I'm not talking about trust in yourself, right? That would be the kind of modern uh, <laughs> self-focus that you get from a psychology. You know, we're talking about, you need trust in Jesus and to really recognize that, you know, the same grace that has operated to, to cleanse you from the guilt of sin, that that's the same grace that's going to begin to lead you to overcome the power. And so trusting that, look, he's not just gotten you out of debt. Mm-hmm. He actually is the one who's more invested in this project of renewing you than even you are yourself. And so you got to trust Jesus. Yeah. Ba- basic probably to hear a great gospel message, but there's truth in that, right? What do we have to rely on in and of ourselves in those moments of despair? Because we've probably all felt that, this despair of, am I ever going to get over this? Uh, To remember the one who paid the penalty and who will then give you power. You can trust that there's power that's coming to overcome the sin as well. Uh, What is... Let's look at scripture then and look at Romans. And what does it say about fighting in this and, and trusting in God? Yeah, you know, I think a couple of verses I'd point out to guys from Romans. One, they've probably heard often before uh, from chapter 8, verse 28. And this is, you know, that God works all things together for good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And yep. what that verse really reminds us of is, you know, God... God 
he is guiding things in our life in a mysterious, marvelous way that, uh, that we can't always see, but that the one who's begun this salvation, he's the one who's going to finish the product. And so, you know, the step and we're thinking about how do you get off of the bench of despair and back onto the field. And the first step is just to realize that, okay, the situation you're in, it's not accidental. It's not as if God's lifted his hand, abandoned you. And now you're, you were with Jesus, but now you're all by yourself and surrounded with these enemies. But know that actually where I am, God's using these circumstances and he's going to continue to, uh, to use these to, as Paul says in, the, in this chapter as well, to conform us to the image of his son. And so just that reminder that God's working things out according to his purpose, I think is so useful to inspire hope again, which is so, so vital in this battle against sin. Yeah, I think one helpful thing for guys to do when they feel this despair and uh, is just to go back. You know, a, a lot of times forgetfulness is, is you know, one of our biggest enemies in, in our fight. And uh, I'd say, man, revisit a win. Go back and revisit a win. At some point, when you feel like, man, this, this battle against sin isn't working, uh, go back and say, wait, there was at one point <laughs> a victory, right? We can all point back, even if it was small, even if it was small, that we can see God was working for our good there. So go back and revisit that win where you can identify that and then swim in it, man. Soak in that. Soak in that one time of even if it was small and then taking those small steps forward out of that and continuing in that. Yeah. And that's part of, uh, you know, you're talking about that, that same God that, that supplied that first win. I mean, when you look at Romans eight, one of the great questions Paul asks is what will, what, you know, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And mm-hmm. the idea is that there's nothing that can, and that includes the sin that we're facing. And I think one of the things, this is a thought, we need to have this thought, but I'm going to be honest and tell guys it's a dangerous thought. So you got to think about this thought the right way. Um, but it'll surprise guys when they hear it. And that is that in his wisdom, God sometimes allows or permits a sin to stay in our life in order to deal with a different sin that is actually a bigger problem. It may not be what we think is the main problem, but it's a bigger problem than the one that we're focused on. And to make that more concrete, an example would be you think of something, you know, the, the guy who really struggles with lust and, and keeps succumbing to, to that kind of temptation or, or the guy that really struggles with, you know, maybe just binge eating and he puts mm-hmm. on weight and, you know, can't, can't, can't really uh, exercise self-control. If you think about it, if there's a benefit to these, and, and we've got to be so careful with how we talk right. about this, but these sins keep us humble. Mm-hmm. And when we confront something that we know that we can't, defeat on our own, it produces humility. And the biggest sin, I mean, the sin that's so hard to get out of the human heart is pride. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes in his providence and his wisdom, God lets us continually fall on our face because what he's teaching us is that that's the right posture. Mm. That until we're on our face and we're humble before him, we can't deal with any of the other sins. And so that's not a reason to be complacent, about sin. Don't think, okay, I can just continue to sin because maybe God is using this, mm-hmm. but it is a reason. Again, if we're talking about getting away from despair to realize, don't think God's given up on you. He might be dealing with something much bigger that you on your own wouldn't even think to deal with. And so, you know, look around, what is God teaching you? Is he humbling you? If so, how from that position of humility, do you really cry out for mercy? So what you're, what I hear you describing is that maybe one sin then reveals another sin, 
which then maybe even reveals even more and even more. This this does seem like a uh, all encompassing thing where I don't know. As you have you noticed in your own life, as you grow in holiness, that you're noticing and becoming more aware of more and more sin, having that the battle doesn't necessarily yeah. end, but it's still growing. Yeah. And this is where we, we've got to be so careful. Part of this trusting in Jesus is not trusting in ourselves, not trusting in our own eyesight. Because one of the, one of the paradoxes of, of just the Christian life is that actually, as we mature, we grow in our appreciation of the holiness of God. Hmm. Now, the recoil effect of that is as God gets bigger, we get more aware of our sinfulness. And so things that at one phase of our Christian journey wouldn't have bothered us. As you get closer to God, you care more. So you feel like all of the time you're getting to, you're, you're a worse person when mm-hmm. actually the effect is no, God is just slowly revealing more of the sin that's already in our heart that we just weren't aware of. And so again, to make that more practical, you think of, you know, you think of a man who he becomes a Christian. Um, I mean, his life's filled with all kinds of terrible pornography and, and sexual behavior and, you know, just lustful thoughts and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, initially he's convicted by the really bad stuff. If he stumbles into porn, um, okay, I feel guilty for that. Um, or if I do something on the weekend I shouldn't do, okay, I feel guilty about that. But take that same guy, if he keeps following Jesus, you know, five, six years down the road, he's going to be dealing with lust in a way he never would have even thought to beforehand. And so he's going to reach a phase where he doesn't have to stumble into the terrible website mm. when he just objectifies the woman in front of him. Um, he's all of a sudden sensitive and may even feel more guilt about that act than he would have doing something on a Saturday night, you know, in an earlier phase of his walk with Jesus. And so we just have to be aware. Don't trust your own eyes. Mm. As you get closer to God, you'll be more aware of sin. You'll be aware of sin that you never would have even thought of as sin before. And that's part of why we feel like we're not making progress uh, because we're just growing in a sense of appreciation of who God is and who he's calling us to be. Yeah. I think that for guys to realize that a big win in their life and their battle against sin is noticing sin. <laughs> if you Absolutely. begin to notice sin, and that is such a huge win. And don't overlook that. Don't uh, don't put that down. Like if you are to the point where you're starting to recognize sin in your own life in a way that you never did before, you're winning. Like that's a sign of of winning in some of this battle because recognition is part of that first step. Because there, you can look back at times in your life when you didn't even recognize yourself going through that, and it wasn't even a big deal to you. So just to be able to find those small wins for guys to say, hey, wow, this is a big deal to me. And it didn't used to be. That, that's a win, even in moments of it's, the battle's not over. <laughs> I recognize it's sin and it's still a deal, but I've, I've at least seen something I never saw before. Yeah. And I think we just, I mean, guys, we, we, we need to appreciate how counterintuitive the whole process of spiritual growth is. It is mm-hmm. not something... It's not like some sort of life management thing where you slowly just get mastery. And as you figure out the system, you become this kind of, you know, Jedi of productivity. And, and now you can manage your whole life and there's no inefficiencies. <laughs> you know, that's not the way it works. Um, and I think one, one of my favorite, um, you know, kind of uh, pictures of this comes from an old hymn by John Newton. I mean, guys have probably sung Amazing Grace. John Newton, you know, he wrote that hymn as well. And, uh, you know, he's a guy, he was a slave trader. He did all kinds of horrific things before he was converted um, and ended up being a pastor and, and writing hymns. And one of his hymns, it starts with this question. I'm just going to read this. It says, uh, I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace 
might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. So there's this, there's this heart, this wonderful prayer. I want to grow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you know, you, if you keep reading, what happens is as soon as he prays this, like all hell breaks loose in his life. Um, I mean, he just talks his hopes get dashed. I mean, you know, all of these sins flare up. He says, it's like the powers of hell just billowing over his life and he's about to despair. And so then he comes back and he asks God another question. I'm going to read this. He says, um, Lord, why is this? I, I trembling cry. Will mm. you pursue your worm to death? And here's what the Lord says. Tis in this way, the Lord replies, I answer prayers for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set you free and break your schemes of earthly joy that you may find your all in me. Mm. And, you know, this answer that actually at the end of the day, what God is after is to break our pride and for us to find our joy in him. And the route to those goods, it's not this, okay, this self-mastery. Mm. It's just recognizing um, our dependence upon him, our frailty, but the goodness, the goodness of his grace and his willingness to love us. And so guys, just don't be surprised. If you feel like you're constantly asking for a medic, um, <laughs> as long as the medic's name is Jesus, you know, that's going to produce good things for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like, we've got to remember that we're, while we're talking about trust and trusting in God, we're, we're talking about trust in the trenches, right? This yeah. is not trust in peacetime and some, like we have some treaty, like this is trust in the trenches, it looks, yeah, you, you may be feeling like you're calling for a medic all the time, <laughs> but it's going to feel like, I think sometimes, guys, we can have victory without feeling like we're victorious, exactly. right? I mean, I, I know I can say that for myself, that there's times in my life where and I've had victory over sin by the grace of God, uh, but I don't feel victorious. And this is sometimes where it's helpful to talk about this with friends, because uh, I often find myself saying to some of my friends, I wish you could see what I see, you know, when, when I look at your life and when I look at the progress of what God is doing in your life, I wish you could see what I see. Cause the story you're telling me about your defeat and your despair, man, I don't see that when I look at your life. Like I see God has really brought you a long way. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for guys. If they, if you imagine that trenches scene, you know, imagine it's world war two is something like the battle of the bulge. Um, you know, you got, it's, freezing outside and you're in a foxhole and, you know, you can hear the, the, the Nazi tanks, you know, plowing through the trees, you know, from your position, you're going to look like you're just fighting for your life. Yeah. But what you can't see is from a different position, actually, you know, the allies are winning the battle. Like, yes. They're going to win. They're going to win the war. And mm -hmm. so we can't trust our own eyes. We got to, you know, what does Jesus see from heaven? That, mm. uh, you know, what victory can he, and what is he doing that you don't even realize he's doing with you? And this is where just, there's a moment uh, where, where we just need to say, hey, look, I can't judge my own heart very well. So like you said, I'll talk to my friends. Um, I'm going to stay in and I'm going to fight this sin, but I'm going to ultimately trust that Jesus alone sees what's happening and he's going to win this war. Yes. Yeah. And remembering that this war, this battle, is, it's, it's long. It's long and winding, right? The, the path of obedience is long and winding, right? This is, uh, <laughs> we've got to be able to uh, have that expectation up, up on the forefront of us. Um, so not to give up during discouragement. Um, I want to kind of go there. I know, um, so 
every week we've been taking a sin and trying to look at look at, uh, specifically at one sin and say, how do guys use one of these rules of war to, to fight the sin? But I want to change uh, change it up a little bit this week. As we've talked about despair, discouragement, guys just feeling like this long battle against sin, sometimes it's not worth it. Let's just go there and talk about discouragement. And I want to give you a few phrases that I've heard guys say in this battle and just have you respond to them and say, what do we what do we do when ourselves, we find ourselves saying this, or when one of our friends say this? So here's one I hear sometimes. Joe, I'm too far gone. I'm just mm. too far gone in my battle against sin. There's why even try? Uh, yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great one. Uh, I think a <laughs> lot of guys uh, can identify with feeling like they, they've just, they've failed and there's no hope. Uh, well, guys, here's what I would say. Um, I'd have you think about two people from the New Testament. One, the demoniac. If you remember the demoniac, this is the guy filled with evil spirits, um, living like an animal in the caves among the graveyard. Everybody's scared to death of him. And let me just ask you, was he too far gone for Jesus? Hmm. Um, I mean, no, Jesus cast out the demons, put him in his right mind and reintegrated him to society. And if uh, you think you're further you know, beyond the point of the demoniac, I would say, think of Lazarus. Remember Lazarus died. <laughs> he was in the tomb and was he too far for Jesus? And no, Jesus called him out of the tomb and, you know, he <laughs> took off his grave clothes and uh, was restored. And so if Jesus is able to help the demoniac and a dead man named Lazarus, he's got grace for you as well. So none of us can say we're too far gone for the power of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. It, 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 sound, it can sound a bit insensitive, but I think if a guy says I'm too far gone, my response would be, you'd be amazed at how much further you can go, actually. So <laughs> they're, 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 you're not too far gone. Yeah. And you can go further. So stop now. Now's the time. Now it's yeah. never too late. Now's the time. Um, all right. Here's another one. Uh, Joe, I've tried gospel remedies, but none of them work. I've tried all these, these gospel remedies. I don't, I don't see any of them working. Yeah. I, I, I can think of a conversation recently with somebody, um, more or less saying this, that, yeah, I, I, I've tried it not, and just the gospel doesn't work. I'll be honest. I'm going to be really honest with guys and say, usually when men use this excuse, they're not being honest with themselves, with God or with other people. Mm. So for example, um, you tend to get maybe a guy who's struggling. I mean, pornography would be a classic example yeah. um, who said, you know, I, I've, I've confessed it. Um, you know, I've, I, I re I'm reading my Bible regularly, yeah. but usually there's something obvious missing. So for example, um, they're still really trying to do it on their own. Like they, mm. they don't really have spiritual friends that are surrounding them. Um, and really that they're confessing regularly and leaning on to deal with that sin. They're not really meditating on the evil of that sin. Um, you know, the, the danger of that sin, they're being really foolish. Whereas Paul says, you know, make no provision for the flesh. They're setting some themselves up to where, you know, they're sitting in front of, you know, the internet late at night all by themselves. So um, if guys really are saying that uh, I've tried it and it doesn't work, um, I'll be honest. I think you should think again, mm -hmm. are you really read through Romans six uh, and all that Paul says about fighting sin? Are you really doing these things? Mm -hmm. um, because I think there is power in, uh, in, in the remedies and in the uh, kind of advice we get in the New Testament, most guys just don't put much of it to, to practice. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, as you were saying that, it reminded me of, uh, you know, kind of that 10,000 hour rule uh, and how a lot of that has to do with the way you practice or the way you approach your craft. There's, there's one way you can just do something 
And there's right. another way where you can do it intentionally for growth. Like you're challenging yourself to grow in different ways. I think we can approach our spiritual growth lives in the same way. We can go through the motions of the gospel remedies, but there's another way in which we say, no, I'm going to do this genuinely. I want to grow genuinely. I want to face my sin. And um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. The other part I would say to guys who say I've tried, but it doesn't work for how long, like how long, 20 right. years you've tried for 20 years. Like, right. I mean, at some point we got to say, look, this is, this is a long road, right? Like, okay, you've tried for a week. Congratulations. You got a lot longer to go. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to take a little while and you got to be, have that intentional practice done. Um, yeah. All right, let's do one more. Um, here's one I hear. Joe, obedience is impossible. I mean, why even try like to have complete obedience? It's impossible. Why even try? Yeah, well, I mean, I think God says uh, more than once that you know, with what man is impossible, is possible mm. with God. This is where the, the the Holy Spirit makes all the difference in the world. Uh, if we were called just based in and of ourselves on our own strength, on our own wisdom to put sin to death, uh, it would be impossible. Um, it's a greater enemy than we have strength to defeat on our own. But we're not a we're not on our own, and uh, this is. This is so much of Romans 8 in particular. If you pay attention to, to what Paul says, he says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Yeah. By the spirit is the key phrase there. Yes. That the spirit of God is what makes growth possible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead indwells us, then we can never say that uh, spiritual growth of any kind is impossible. Like you said before, it may take time. It may be yeah. difficult. God may be working out other things that we are unexpected in our lives. But if the spirit of God that brought creation into being is in us, yes. then we've got every reason to hope regardless yes. of what we're asked to do. Yes. Yeah. I, I find uh, having to tell myself in these moments when I feel like obedience to God is impossible uh, to remind myself that, you know what? I don't find obedience to the flesh impossible. So obedience, I'm pretty good at obedience, actually. The, the key di- distinction that I think you made there is, you know, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible to, to receive. Hey, if I'm going to have obedience to God, this is, yeah, by the spirit. And uh, that, yeah, obedience is possible and called for. This is this is what we're aiming for. Um, so th- there's probably a lot more lies that we could go. With. These are just lies that feed discouragement. I guess where I'd point, guys, is... Um, instead of us continually going over them, if you uh, get a copy of Joe's books, Surviving the Trenches, there's a lot of lies that feed sin listed in here that Joe goes through. And uh, just like we've talked about just in these past few minutes, addresses them because we don't want to feel alone, left like there's no answers to this and just uh, to let these lies feed on themselves. Uh, so, guys, if you're looking for a resource, if some of this sprang true with you, I'd say go out, get that book. You can go to survivingthetrenches.men and you'll see more resources there for helping you in your battle against sin. 